Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me. Box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. And I want to uh, thank Kelly, who became our latest uh, Patreon supporter at the Master Detective level of $15 or more per month. Can become one of our ongoing supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net, as well as support us on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net. And uh, mail in a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. All right, well, now it's time for today's episode of Nightbeat. The original air date, July the 17th, 1952, and this is The Smell of Peaches. Now, Pabst Blue Ribbon presents, transcribed, Frank Lovejoy in... I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. How would you like to be driving down a city street in this year of the atom bomb and the flying saucer and suddenly find yourself transported over two decades back in time, smack in the middle of a gangland war? Well, tonight, that's what happened to me. In one moment, it seemed as if I had left this year of grace, 1952, and was back in the torrid 20s. My life threatened by the ghosts of gunmen long since dead. It was one of those quiet, dull nights with the fog rolling in and nothing of interest for it to hide. I just stopped for a red light, and that's when it happened. A man jerked open the door and piled in beside me. Get going. Please, they're after me. Who's after you? Shiv's healed. He's got a gun. Get going, I tell you. Friends of yours? Huh? What? Are these, uh, these people that are after you? Who are they? Abby and Shiv trying to kill me. Yeah, but they won't get it. Never. Get what? What did they want? This. This is what they wanted. He opened a fist and showed me. The dashboard light shone on a figure of dark blue wax lying in the palm of his hand. A crude image less than three inches long. As crude as though molded by a child. It began to dawn on me that this row character was as crazy as a pink hearse. I pulled up at the curb. So they wanted that, eh? Uh, what is it? Their lives. Their lives in the palm of my hand. They know that as long as I have it, they'll never get away with it. Oh, no, sir, they kill them. <laughs> it's very useful. Yeah, sure, Pop. <laughs> like a glass eye at a keyhole. They must be a pretty crummy pair to be picking on an old guy like you. We'll find a cop. No. No cops. I don't need favors from no cops. 
but if... I ain't talking to them. No cops, you understand? Okay, okay. Cops? They're gonna make no deals with Jake Strand. No, sir. Deals? What kind of deals? Twenty years I did for it, and it's mine. Mine? Jake, he'd called himself. The name, the face now rang a clearer bell in my memory. Twenty years, of course. Jake Strand. A news item only a few weeks ago with a picture. Jake Strand, kingpin hoodlum of the thirsty thirties, now free. The story had said something about him being released following a nervous breakdown after serving 20 years for murder. Well, the part about the breakdown was obvious. Jake Strand, kingpin hoodlum, was now playing with little wax dolls. See it near my door, it'll kill him. See, it'll kill him. Uh, it? Oh, oh, you mean that hunk of, uh, what's that made of anyway? Ceiling wax? You don't believe me, do you? Well, you think I ain't got no dough, huh? Just because I need a shave, maybe, or my pants in. But you think I'm a bum, huh? Well, I got it, see? A hundred grand. You, you hear me? Listen. Sure, sure, Pop. When money talks, everybody listens. You think I'm nuts, don't you? Well, of course not. Perish the thought. Yeah, that's what you think. You and them sky pilots who run the mission. They made a job sweeping up, and they think they're doing me a favor. Me, Jake Strand. I could buy them and sell them. Oh, you live at the mission? Yeah. Where are we going? Oh, I'm taking you back there. It's late. No, no, please don't take me back. They'll get me. Who will get you? Ship. Ship and that big gorilla. What gorilla? Gabby. Now, Jake, when you jumped into the car, I looked back. There was no one following you. There was. I tell you, there was. Okay, okay, have it your own way. I'll say that you get inside the mission house safe. No, 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 no. They sleep there. Don't you understand? They sleep there. They'll get me. Now, Jake, here's the mission. Don't leave me, mister, please. Oh, Jake, now I'm not... Look, look, buy me a drink, will you? But I... Here's Lippy's place across the street. Come on, set me up, will you? I'm busted. Oh, yeah? Well, what about all that dough, that hundred grand that you were talking about? What hundred grand? Oh, fine. Come on. Lippy's is one of those low-rent joints with sawdust on the floor, a piano player banging out ragtime, and an unwashed clientele. Jake pressed the front of his dirty shirt against the bar while I strolled over to a phone booth near the door. I called the star, got the librarian, had him check on the files of the case that had sent Jake Strand to Joliet. Yeah, here it is. I got the story right here before me, Randy. He, um, uh, he was convicted of the murder of, uh, uh, Tank Daniels and Ed Morelli. Sentenced 20 to life. A double murder and he got off with 20 years? Uh, one moment, one says here, um, he, uh... Claimed Morelli tried to take him for a ride in one of his trucks. Uh, uh, he broke away, uh, grabbed Morelli's gun. Strand must have hired a high-priced magician to make a jury believe that. Uh, not according to this. The court had appointed a public defender to handle Strand's case. What? Uh, that's right, Randy. Strand took a pauper's oath. He was dead broke. 
case goes back quite a few issues. Shall I look? No, that's all I want to know. Thanks, Mickey. What kind of a guy had I gotten myself mixed up with? The poor devil was riding a dreamboat loaded with a mixed cargo of rainbows and nightmares. The convoy he needed was the man in a white coat, not me. I walked out of the joint. Strand followed me. Listen to me. You gotta help me. All right, Jake. I'll see you home. No, no. You don't understand. I can't find it. I've been looking and looking. For what? My dough. My hundred grand. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. You told me. I've been going crazy. Every chance I get, I've been riding the bus looking. Up and down Lakeshore Drive. It's changed, Randy. Everything's changed. Well, streets are like opinions, Jake. In 20 years, they're liable to change, too. Oh, you don't understand. It's disappeared. The houses, the trees, the road, the whole place. What place? What place, Jake? Caliban. Caliban? Yeah. (laughs) You know where it is. You know, eh? You know? Now, come on. Come on, tell me. Now, Jake, Jake, you're wrinkling the suit. Now, let go of my lapel. Relax, will you? Now, come on, let's walk. I never heard of any place called Caliban. There isn't any such place. You're lying. I went back there. I, I know I did. After we ditched Smiley's truck, I had the case, the leather briefcase with the hundred grand inside. Caliban, it, it was there. I know it was you. I went back. Come on, come on. Let's cross the street. Of course, uh, in 20 years, the name could have been changed. What sort of place was it? Oh, quiet. The trees. It was uh, down there mixing uh, the cement. Cement? I went there by myself, see? I, I didn't want the others to know. To know what? Watch the curb, Jake. And the, and the smell of a peaches. <laughs> peaches. Peaches. <laughs> well, that figures. But just where, I don't know. <laughs> peaches. No question about it, Jake Strand had spent too many years behind bars. He'd lost his buttons, but completely... I got him to the door of the midnight mission and pushed him toward it. Go on in, Jake. Oh, Randy, Randy, please. I don't want to delay him for me. Okay, Jake, okay. I'll go in for it. One side, hmm? The place had been a store, now converted into a dingy chapel with a few crude benches and a section of counter used as an altar. A bare bulb hanging from an overhead cord shed a sickly light. I looked around. I was hardly surprised to see what I did see, which was nobody. The chapel was empty. I stepped back into the street to get Jake, and he was gone. The street was empty, too. And that sound was coming from the alley alongside the mission. Jake! That you? Halfway down the alley, light glimmered dimly from the frosted glass of a side door, but it revealed nothing. I walked into the alley, peering into the darkness. Jake. 
Where are you, Jake? <laughs> don't, don't give me. There were two of them struggling with Jake. All right, Dale. Get him up. As I raised my hands, it became frighteningly clear that Jake Strand's fear had been based on more than just a sick imagination. These two goons were real enough. And so was that gun pointed at my head. We return in just a moment to Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. A warm summer evening, a pleasant breeze, you and your friends enjoying yourselves out on the porch with snacks and Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. There's a summer scene played many times, in your home and many homes all over America. Smooth, delicious Pabst Blue Ribbon is your hospitality carried on a tray. Your friendliness brimming in a glass. Yes, for summer indoor and outdoor fun, you'll always want to include Pabst Blue Ribbon. And by the way, for some wonderful food ideas to go along with friendly, satisfying Pabst Blue Ribbon, listen to this. Here's a list of foods to choose for picnics, parties, barbecues. Campbell's Pork and Beans. Farmer's Treats. Borden's Tea. Ritz Crackers with Frankfurters. And of course, Pabst Blue Ribbon. You'll find that food tastes better by far if you serve them with foaming PBR. What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon. What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon. What'll you have? Pabst Blue Ribbon. Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. Smoother, smoother, smoother flavor. Finer beer that million favors. Taste that smoother, smoother flavor. Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. Tomorrow, pick up several convenient Pabst Blue Ribbon Handy Six cartons. Packed with six space-saving cans. Or get the money-saving case of 24. Any way you enjoy it, it's the same famous Pabst Blue Ribbon flavor. Act two of Night Beat will continue after a brief pause for station identification. Back to Nightbeat and Randy Stone. Experience, they say, is what you have left when everything else is gone. And Shiv's gun staring me in the face was an experience that convinced me that whatever delusions Jake Strand may have had, the two skid row bums who were after him were certainly real enough. I stood in the alley, my hands raised, while Jake struggled against Gabby's arm around his face. <laughs> Oh, for the love of Pete, let him go. Can't you see he's smothering? All right, Gabby, he's up. I want him live, you dope. Okay. <laughs> all right, boys, all right. Take the six bucks in my wallet and let us go. You needn't waste time on him. He hasn't got a dime, I can tell you that now. He hasn't, yeah. <laughs> six bucks. Honest. Honest shit I told you before. I don't know where the dough I don't remember. Honest, I don't. I just don't remember. Oh, sure. It's just a hundred grand. You stuck it someplace and forgot about it. Could happen to anybody. If you mugs believe that pipe dream about a hundred grand, you're nuttier than he is. Ah, so you know about it, huh? He told you, huh? Real kibitzer, ain't you, pal? Shiv, I didn't tell him nothing. Shut up! All right, kibitzer. 
Turn around. Yeah, that's it. Just keep those mitts high. All right. The only deadly weapon I'm carrying is a fountain pen. I'll take it. And your wallet. All right, you can let them down. Turn around. Thanks. Six lousy bucks. Well, that's what I said. What's this? Randy's... It's my press card. Don't strain your eyes. I'm with the star. Reporter? I didn't know it, Honest. He just gave me a ride. I didn't know he was... Keep your mouth shut, big shot. You'll talk when I tell you to, not before. I'm giving the orders now. You ain't nobody. You understand? Shut up! You, newsboy. That's your car out in front. It's an old model. You can do lots better. I ain't fussy. All right, both of you, get moving. To the car. And don't try to be no hero. Jake sat beside me as I followed orders, driving past Lincoln Park and cutting through a wooded section for several miles. Finally wound up near a clearing used as a Boy Scout campsite, now abandoned. This'll do. Pull up. Uh, what are we going to do here? Get our merit badges? Real funny boy, ain't you? All right, spill it. Do you mean to say you believe any old guy who comes along babbling about millions and living on handouts? No, pal, I don't. But this ain't any old guy. This is Jake Strand. I bet you told him. I bet you Jake told him. Will you shut up? Look, newsboy. Maybe you don't know who Jake Strand is. Maybe you're too young, huh? Maybe you wasn't old enough to read. What are you trying to hand me, anyway? I'm trying to smarten you up, that's all. Oh, you are? This stuff about $100,000. I don't care who Jake used to be. But right now he's living in a dream world. That money never existed. Yeah, it's funny how everybody in Stir knew about that dough Jake hijacked off of Morelli. They were talking about it when I was there. I bet they're still talking about it. I see. You and Jake did time together. For a little while, pal. A long time ago. How about it, Jake? Did you give any of the boys a tip before you left, huh? I'm your pal, too, Jake. Remember me? I used to keep bar for you. Remember? Uh, yeah. You remember, huh? Then you remember where you stashed Morelli's dough. No, no, I don't, Shiv. Honest, I don't. I can't. You sure you can? Try. Think hard. We'll give him a share, won't we, Shiv? You bet we will. Fair and square. We'll divvy it four ways. Four? Well, thanks for cutting me in. Why not? We ain't hogs. Yeah, yeah. With all that loot, we won't have to work no more. I should we're sleeping flop house. You bet we won't, Gabby. Nothing but the best. Swell hotels, fancy restaurants. How about Jake? Remember them nightclubs you used to own? Them two hundred dollar suits you used to wear. We can all wear them. Where'd you hide it, Jake? Huh? Where? Huh? Tell me. Go on. Where is it? I don't know. I don't know. There never was any hundred thousand dollars. He was bankrupt before he went to trial. He didn't have a dime. <laughs> so you know about that, huh, newsboy? What else do you know? That you're wasting your time. You don't say. Smart operator, this Jake Strand, wasn't he? He knows he can't beat the rep, so he doesn't tell nobody about Morelli's dough. Nobody knows except all his pals. Look at him. You think he'd appreciate having pals, that he'd be willing to share. All right, Jake. Out of the car. What do you want? Shit, please. You heard me, didn't you? I don't know where it is, so help me. I said get out! No, don't hit me, Chip. Don't hit me. Why, you... Don't you move, Stone. I had to play for time, for that one unguarded moment when I could make a break. 
I know that if I didn't, I had a shorter life expectancy than a balloon in a baby's hand. Jake, listen. Listen close. Let's go back. It's 1932. You're waiting for Morelli to come along in his truck. You fix the gate at the railroad track so it's down when he comes around the curve. He stops. You blast him. Yeah, yeah, I know, huh? I know, but I don't know what I did with the money, Shivy. It's no use. I can't remember. You can, eh? Wait a minute, wait a minute, will you? You ever hear anything about peach trees growing around here? Peach trees? He said something to me once about peaches. Uh, a place called uh, Caliban. Caliban? Yeah. What is it, Chip? What, what, what is it? The club. Club Caliban. Club Caliban. Jake. Jake, is that where you hid the dough? The Caliban? But it ain't there no more, Chip. The club is gone. I can't find it anymore. You can't find it. <laughs> you can't find it. What is it, Chip? Huh? What is it? Jake's old headquarters. He lost it. Well, it sounds hilarious. I never heard of the place. No. All right, newsboy. Back in the car. We're taking a little ride up Lakeshore Drive. I headed northwest, putting the miles behind us. At one point along the way, Shiv made me stop where the road was being repaired while Gabby got out and stole a couple of oil lanterns hanging there. We continued on. Just where is this club caliber? Just shut up and keep driving. I looked all over for it. I'll find it, Jake. Don't worry. You see, they moved the road. Huh? A couple of years after you were sent up to Joliet, Caliban was on that big curve, remember? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. The curve ain't there no more. They straightened the highway and left your joint a mile out in the woods. Are you sure we turned off at the right spot? This road doesn't look like it was... You talk too much, Stone. There. Over there, between those trees. The Caliban. Yeah. That's it, Jake. Many a drink I mix there. Looks good, don't it? Why ain't there no lights? I never closed. Those uh, new neons I bought. Uh, what happened to them? Where's the sign? All right, Jake. You and the newsboy. Out. Yeah, light those lanterns, Gabby. Give me one. We're going in. <laughs> We crossed the rickety veranda. The door was gone, the windows broken, the building a shambles. We paused a moment inside while Gabby held his lantern high and we looked around. And suddenly Jake sprang forward, bounding into the darkness of the building. Gabby went after him and I followed down the cellar stairs with Shiv behind me pointing his gun at the middle of my back. Shiv raised his lantern and there, cowering in a corner, was Jake. Oh, Gabby, please don't, please. All right. Where is it, Jake? Spill it or so help me. There. Yeah, over there. He was pointing at nothing at all. Nothing but a concrete wall. Where? Where? I'll kill you. Let him alone. Jake. Jake, the cement. The cement you said you mixed down here. Jake, do you remember? What is this? Was it the wall, Jake? Was it the wall? What? He means the wall. The cracks, look. You can put your fingers through them. Ah, it's hollow, Gabby. Kick it in. A small area of the wall 
disintegrated, revealing an opening about five feet square and two feet deep. And in it, four cases of liquor piled on top of each other. The topmost case had been opened, the broken boards lying across it. And beside them, eaten with decay, was a bulging briefcase. Gabby snatched it, knocking the loose boards out of the way, and handed it to Shiv. The dough, huh? The dough. Yeah, yeah. Bundles of 20s, 50s, and 100s. All there, huh, Shiv? 100 grand, huh? Yeah, more maybe. Yeah, keep your eye on them. You betcha. This looks like stuff you added to the morality loot, Jake. Yeah, a nice little nest egg, eh, boy? Take a look at it, newsboy. So it was a pipe dream, was it? Well, it's going to be a little embarrassing when those old-fashioned gold reserve notes start hitting the banks and they ask you where you got so many of them. I wouldn't worry about it, pal, because I don't think you're going to be around when that happens. Shiv, Shiv, you got a corkscrew, huh? You got a corkscrew? All right. It's scotch, Shiv. <laughs> a case of scotch open on top. It says here on this box... Eh, give me that. You don't need a corkscrew. Just knock off the neck. Just like this. They drank from the broken bottles, the liquor running down their chins. Jake sidled over to where I stood and squatted down beside the lantern. One of the bottlenecks had fallen near the light. Jake reached out a finger and touched the hard smears of wax that had sealed the cork and ran down the lip of the bottle. I stared at it. The wax was deep blue. <laughs> Real smooth, eh, Shiv? Real smooth. Yeah, it's lousy. That <laughs> don't taste too bad. Can't you smell it? Yeah. Kind of smells pretty, like peaches. Peaches. The vague, almost imperceptible fragrance of peaches. They began to add up as I remembered something I'd once read. I stepped backwards, dragging Jake with me. Invisible centipedes crawling up and down my spine. Now, don't try it, Stone. Where do you think you're going, pal? We want a drink. Give him a drink. Here, take my bottle. Go on, take <coughs> uh, What's the matter, Gabby? <coughs> Look at him. Couple of drinks in the big box. was that crude voodoo image, the doll of wax. The same blue wax Jake Strand had used 20 years ago when he'd opened and then resealed every bottle in that top case. I dragged him up the cellar stairs, away from the fragrance of peaches and out into the open air. There's only one poison that smells like the stuff you put in those bottles, Jake. The stuff they use in the gas chamber at San Quentin. Where'd you get it, Jake? Where'd you get it? <laughs> In an hour or so, the sun will rise, alarm clocks will ring, and dreams will end. But for Jake Strand... Life is now one endless dream, a fantasy to be lived to the end of his days in a padded cell. As for Gabby and Shiv, their dreams are over. 
The $200 suits, the fancy restaurants are canceled out in an endless sleep. Their last testament, a coroner's report, and their final honors, the prison autopsy. Well, life rarely uses rose-colored ribbons to tie up a story about people like Jake and Shiv and Gabby. Too often the loose ends are just left dangling. So let's tie it up. Copy, boy. Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Tonight's transcribed story was written by Irvin Ashkenazy, with music by Frank Wirth. The part of Jake was played by Don Diamond. Others featured were Shepard Menken and Raymond Burr. Frank Lovejoy can currently be seen co-starring in Warner Brothers' The Winning Team. Listen next week at this time, and every week, as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Beat came to you from Hollywood. Every 20 seconds through the year, a fire breaks out in the United States. Fires in the home, your home, can and must be prevented. Remember, don't gamble with fire. The odds are against you. Attend the Democratic Convention on NBC. This is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site where we put out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Uh, very interesting to hear uh, Raymond Burr on this program. I think that's the first time we've heard Burr. Overall, this is just a pretty straightforward piece of radio noir. Brilliantly executed with uh, Burr doing a great job as the heavy. All right, well, that will actually be all for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Rocky Fortune. And uh, then next Monday, it's another episode of Nightbeat. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>